0: Due to technical difficulties while recording, the audio in this podcast does not meet our high-quality standards for audio production. However, we decided to release it because of the quality conversation we recorded with Jason. We are excited to have him back on the show in the future to record an additional episode. On behalf of myself and producer Joe, we thank you for tuning in today. This episode is uh, brought to you by Defender Gear uh, American Custom Apparel. Uh, Like we always say, if you're a commie, you probably don't like it. Uh, If you're an American and you like uh, freedom, you probably will like it. Click the link in the description, uh, put your email in there, get 15% off your first order. Uh, Again, all the hats, t shirts, like myself, like Bruce Joe's wearing. Jason hasn't got one yet, we'll get you one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we will get the show on the road, so Jason Benson, welcome aboard, sir. Thanks, man. Thank Thanks for you for coming me. on. For sure. This is Love a pleasure. It. So uh, I met you uh, uh, just playing baseball here in Grand Rapids, and I uh, thought yeah. you were a pretty interesting cat, and uh, yeah, so here we are. Yeah. A uh, couple text messages later, and... Uh, That's it. That's all it yeah. takes, usually. Yeah, for sure. So... Um, so let's get started here. So are you, you're originally from the Grand Rapids area then? No, I'm from Chicago originally. My family moved here when I was a freshman in high school. Okay, what was that like, coming from Chicago (laughs) to here? This is probably like the country compared to... (laughs) Dude, it's, it's so different. I remember walking in and the first time I walked into the lunchroom here, um, obviously personalities are a lot different styles are a lot different the first question i was asked when i moved here is what gang are you in? And ah. I was like, hey, so i knew i was uh definitely in a different place you know so um yeah south side of chicago to holland is oh, wow. it's a difference wow. Yeah, you you went from uh, hell to the bible belt to the midwest like, things exactly. like that, <laughs> real quick so yeah my grandparents moved up here like a year before My parents, well, my parents were split, and then my mom moved up here first, and then my dad came after, but, yeah, so that's how it worked out. It was getting kind of bad where we lived, so. Yeah, getting kind of bad. Yeah, so did you grow up a Sox fan then? I mean, we lived about six miles, seven miles south of where they played, so, yeah, I mean, but... Ultimately, I think I grew up in a Yankees fan. More than me, so. Okay, so. Yankees fan. Because you're lo- you're a little bit older than me, so you grew up like in their heyday when they were just raking in the championships, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, when I was, you know, a younger younger dude, I mean, the Braves dom- dominated a lot. Yeah, I mean, they had all the pitching. I'm forty, so um, yeah. I mean, the Yankees were, were good for a very very long time. Um, yeah, and in Obviously, the Braves were really tough at that time. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so we're we're going to talk a lot about baseball because you you have a really interesting professional baseball career that I want to dive into. Um, and uh, just as a fan of the sport, um, more than anything, you, you do a ton of stuff now with the, the card trading and yeah. sales and all that crazy stuff. Yeah. But um, so, did play? Did you? So, did you grow up knowing that you wanted to play pro ball, or did? It, well, at what point did that kind of start to get yeah, permission? That was, I mean, that was the whole deal. I mean, growing up, I wanted to play professional sports. Um, I don't know that baseball was, like, my first love. I would say that basketball was, okay. but obviously I'm not quite shaped like a basketball player <laughs> as much as a baseball player. But yeah. growing up in Chicago... In the eighties and nineties, I mean, my daughter, my first daughter's middle name is Jordan. I wore twenty three my whole life. Um, yeah, I mean, if I had it in a perfect world, I'd be six three and would have been a point guard. Yeah, but um, baseball gives you different opportunities and different sizes and stuff. So, yeah. um but I was really good at baseball. So I'm yeah. really good at baseball. So you played at Holland, uh, high school in Holland. Then I'm West Ottawa. Like West yeah. Ottawa. Okay. Yeah. And you guys were pretty good then. Um, not so much. Um, We were okay, and I played a lot of varsity and four years of varsity. So, um, And because of moving from Chicago to here, the school ages were a lot different. So um, I actually started high school at 13 and played varsity baseball at 13. I started college at 17. So um, being young and undersized, it was not in my favor. So, I mean, it was definitely an odd path in my baseball career not being an older kid in high school or larger because the difference between an 18 year old or an old 18 year old and a oh, well, 16 yes, year old it's, a, it's a big difference yeah you know, not to get so. on too much of a tangent but there's a a book uh, by mountain gladwell called outliers in the first chapter of it they do like the study of uh, canadian hockey teams I yeah and the kids and when they're born and yeah. it's all planned and, and it's fantastic it's like uh that's real i yeah. mean that's and and being in professional athletics and, and knowing that it's it's absolutely real. I mean, in fact my daughter is the second oldest girl in her class before COVID took over life. <laughs> and, and you know, I wanted her to be the tallest, meanest yeah. you know, thing in there and and it makes a difference. 100%. I mean so uh yeah and, and they exemplified it in Canadian hockey because they it's literally so structured yeah, yeah and they literally read the kids on time to be that one day or two days to the max. Yeah. I mean, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, so the, the study was is that they, they looked at the rosters of some of the best of the best uh, Canadian youth hockey teams yeah. all the way up to like U-19 and basically what they found was is that, that the kids who had birthdays not all of them but about 75% of the kids who had birthdays closer to the cutoff meaning that they were yeah. they they were always the oldest kid on the team you know as a 23 24 year old professional it might not matter as much what your age is no but you know when you're 6 7 8 years old your body being more mature your brain being more developed um you're going to get better coaching you're going to get more reps you're going you're just naturally more Gifted on a macro level. Yeah. Now they're true, always true. out. There are always individuals that'll break that mold. Sure. But if you look at it like over a huge scope, it's yeah. interesting to see those trends. For sure. And well, you know, um, I train kids too, so um, I study that and, and siblings and which sibling they are in a group and how, their age and I mean, literally this year for one of the first times I've tried to talk kids into staying back a grade mm-hmm. because. Here, I don't know why here in, in West Michigan, everybody sends their kids to school super early. Yeah. And realistically, in the sporting world, they do everything else in the sporting world that's, like, so important. But that's so detrimental. Like, yeah. it's, you're literally taking one year of growth. And, and in the important, we're talking 13 to 18, you know, that's everything, yeah. you know? Um you know, then then you get a freshman that you would like to play varsity comes in at 14 years old and he's playing against dudes that drove up with mustaches and, and beards. Yeah, and it's a different deal, man. It don't work. For sure. You know. So. Well, I remember we um, in in high school they like we. I'm from Gaylord, Michigan, so three hours north of here. Yeah. And any time we went to the playoffs in football, we played teams from the UP. And those dudes were eighteen, nineteen years yeah. old coming in with full beard. We're playing grown ass men. Yeah, we're, we're you know it, it makes it, a big difference. It makes a huge difference. So I I was in the camp of I I graduated when I was seventeen years old yeah. and thinking and I'm and I it would have been there were kids in the grade below me that were older than me. Yeah, so it did me no favors athletically to be a, like a year ahead yeah. because in athletics I was year behind a year less development than some of the kids I was playing against. So yeah. that's I don't know how we got on that topic, but that's, that's it's part of the deal though. Yeah. I mean, it all goes into, you know, how do I get there? You know, what do I got to do? And, and it's down to those little things. It's there's so many factors, you yeah. know, I mean, dealing with sports and, and training kids and um, there's so many things that people will ask, well, what can I do better to give them a better chance? Well, Not stick them in school when they're four years old. That, was yeah. that was first <laughs> off, You know what I mean? Let them grow a little bit, yeah. you know, and, You know, let let human nature be human nature. Yeah, Um, for sure. So do you just train baseball specifically? You say sports. Do you do a lot of other stuff, too, or is Um, it mostly baseball? I've done quarterbacks. I've done water polo guys. I've done baseball players and now softball players. So I've done a couple of softball girls that... Started smashing home runs, and then one after another. Can you teach her? Can you teach? And you know, obviously maxed out on time for all of that. But um, I actually really enjoy training the girls because they work far harder than the boys, which is kind of blows my mind That's because their end game isn't what you know. No, very few, not no, very few younger girls grow up. I want to be a professional a professional baseball player you know a softball player or yeah. whatever there's not a ton of one in five boys say that yeah. or i want to be a, a nfl you know what i mean i said so, that when i was eight i wanted right. to play nfl football exactly yeah so it's crazy that they their attitude towards perfecting uh the trade is incredible yeah and it blows my mind why do you think that is i don't know that's one of the things that i'm always boggled with it other than I would say that they do concentrate on being a perfectionist far more than guys or men do, um, and uh, yeah, they they just—it's incredible. Yeah. Like it's it's—and they take off with it, and um, with not as much promise in the end, which is interesting. Yeah, that that is really interesting. Yeah. And I tried to I, I try to use them for examples for some of my guys. Like, look, look at her. She's fifteen, and she does these extra things and you come to me I want to be a professional baseball player you're getting out of work by a 15 year old girl <laughs> We got problems bro you know so um, but it's fun to see and it's good to use in it as an example and um, and then some of the higher level girls when when they start maxing out and training um, I'll have them hit with boys and mm. then they elevate it even more because yeah. then it's like oh you know and then the boys like okay hold on no, I'm not letting this happen yeah, so sure. it's perfect it creates you know? a good dynamic mm-hmm. it's yeah. fun so going back to you a little bit, yeah. so you uh, played high school at West Ottawa, moving on to college. Did you play at Grand Valley? I did. Okay. Yeah. How long? Two years. Okay. Did you, were, and I, you, you, I know you as a pitcher, but you played a lot, you played every position on the diamond, I'm sure, at some point in your life. <laughs> um. But. Yeah. I mean, outside of catcher. Um, you never caught? No. Okay. Never really That was my thing. Either. That yeah. was my, I grew up being a catcher. Yeah. That was all that I played until... Um, I think I was a freshman and, and by the I stopped growing in eighth grade. Yeah. So I've been five foot like eight since like sixth grade, I yeah. want to say. So I was bigger than everybody. Yeah. And so I, and I just had an absolute hose for my yeah. plate. That's awesome. And I tore my ACL playing. Uh, based, uh, playing football my okay. sophomore year of high school. Then I moved okay. to third base, and then from there to shortstop, and yeah. kind of stayed in the infield after that. Yeah. So where so where were you at? In college? I played. Uh, well, I mean, I went into college, you know, being in all state shortstop, not a pitcher. My conference, actually, um, the OK Red in in '98, my senior year, I was very good. Like three or four professional baseball players from one Michigan high school conference, oh, wow. which is. Michigan doesn't produce a lot of volume. Not players, a whole bunch. Yeah. But that um that conference in that um era was very, very good. Jemison was uh for four years I mean they were like didn't lose. Okay. Number one team in the state and just loaded with guys and, and you know, Brandville had a guy who was a pro and Holland had a guy that was a pro. Okay. So um good group. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was very cool and um so, so yeah. you basically said without saying that I was an all-conference shortstop in a conference that was freaking stacked. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and the thing is, you know, in high school, I set our our school record in strikeouts and wins and perfect games and all of that, and I wasn't okay. the best pitcher in our conference, oh, technically. Oh, wow, okay. You know, with a one-some ERA, Holland had a lefty who played big league baseball, was a seventh rounder or something. Um, Like, his ERA was... Point eighty six or something like okay. you know like, and I remember numbers, yeah playing yeah. against him uh, is Andy Van Hecken and I mean I remember back then compared to now scouts don't really come out the games anymore but the first two rows of people were all scouts and we <laughs> went back and forth back and forth and we lost on a on a shortstop error while I was pitching one oh, nothing okay. and that was it yeah. you know so um, but it was fun so cool yeah. So you uh, so you played all so when you went to Grand Valley, you mm-hmm. went and probably thinking you were going to play shortstop and maybe didn't or had or, a chance. Okay. Yeah, but then my pitching coach from my summer team was there, and that just started to you know that summer before in between high school ending and then college starting, um, went and played in uh, New Mexico. We we made it to the County Mac World Series, so I got to pitch a lot and pitch a lot. And our shortstop on my summer team actually. Ended up being a professional baseball player too, and he was far far better of a hitter okay. um, than I was. So I pitched a lot, and then that just kept going, and it just worked that way, you know. Okay. So yeah. So two years at Grand Valley, um, as then did you did you get drafted? Or no. How did um, you so I got football? invited. Yeah, I got invited to um, an invite only camp by the Florida Marlins, and uh, there was like 160 guys, and I think four or five of them got signed. And then after that, that was, like, in uh, October, so then I dropped out of school, per se, and then uh, they sent us uh, four of the five, at least, to winter ball in Australia. Okay. So, um, played winter ball for uh, a team in Australia that was split between, like, the Marlins and the Orioles. Okay. So... Um, yeah and it was in Sydney and got to stay there four months and then come back and do spring training stuff and all that so. who was the guy was there a guy like while you were like in the first stages of going through Um, you know going to those camps and like getting playing some of those that overseas ball was there any guy that like that showed up to camp and just like sprung to the big league somebody that we may know of or, or is it, was that much more developmental um, like a surprise kind yeah of somebody who just kind of like jumped on the scene and you're like oh Shit. Yeah. Um not that I can remember because everything is so discovered I feel like and me being a um UDFA it's like you signed for nothing there for the most part. Um and you know you're you're disposable. It's like <laughs> it's, true. it's crazy, you yeah. know. And I mean um you get hurt, you get cut kind or of daily Yeah. It's it's you know who they draft high, they put they put bonus money into, and they stick with them. I have seen guys that were drafted and signed for a bunch of money as pitchers that didn't pitch worth a shit, and they had to keep them. And these dudes were catching bullpens. It's like this is stupid. Yeah, you know this guy, you know. But that's just part of the game. Yeah, you know that's it's it's, it's what right is. place, right time, how much they have invested in you, and yeah. $1, front $1, front offices have to justify their investments. That's exactly yeah, what it is, so. more than anything. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. And, um, you know, that's changing a little bit because there's a lot more guys taking um, the independent baseball route, which most of my minor league baseball was independent or um, mm-hmm. international. Uh, the experience for international for me was way better. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just like you get to be the guy and you get. An experience that is so far away from sleeping on the floor of buses and being a UDFA that got nothing, and as soon as you you know burp wrong, you're out. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like so. <laughs> yeah, you fart in a team meeting, and, and then you're, you're out. You know, it's <laughs> like so the experience and the comfort and and what you gain is just it's so much. It was, was so it. much better for me. Yeah, and on top of that, the money. I mean, low level minor league baseball players. I mean. They make they make what people at McDonald's make, serving fries. No kidding. Yeah, I mean, initially, yeah. they have a lot more fun. They do. Yeah, they do. But and people, <laughs> I've worked at McDonald's for about two <laughs> weeks, and I I'd much rather play ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But and that's not why you do it. But yeah. I mean, it's like um, there's a misconception there. Yeah. Because for sure. they don't know that you're a gypsy. They don't know that you live out of a bag. They don't know that you sacrifice being away from your family um christmases and every holiday and coming home for two weeks and then leaving again yeah. and you know and uh for me I, I got to ride it for 14 years or so and you know i got a i got a sister who's younger than me and a brother who's younger than me and they both had kids before me oh, that's tough. um but i would leave <laughs> for you know five six seven eight months and then come back and you know you got little kids that Imagine five, six months difference. You look at pictures. Oh, yeah. So imagine that you know, it's like that's 30, different kids that's ten years in a normal human's life, right? So yeah. I wasn't willing to do that, um when I was having kids and you know, it just it was odd for me to see my niece and nephew go from talking or not talking to talking and then you know, it's Yeah. It's like you're phasing in and out almost. Yeah, I mean you're just a gypsy, really. And that's what it is and but that's what I did. I mean, I, I, that was the first love in my life at that time and chased the ball until, until I was ready to stop, you yeah. know, and, um. But you didn't stop for a while. You no. stuck with it for a bit. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I played forever. I mean, and it's, um, and I would still play like I'm, for my age, I feel like I'm in decent enough shape to keep playing. And I pitched with, pitched with you guys this summer and, and that was fun. And, and me being, outside of a couple of guys that manage a team 15 years older than most of the guys on the team you know and they're like what you're 40 you know but I throw every day you know I I teach kids every day every morning before I go into work I got a lesson with somebody or Saturdays you know it's seven eight in the morning till three o'clock in the afternoon you know so um a lot of my spare time is with other kids trying to do what I Got to do, and mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and what did so when you were pitching, what did your fastball to top out at typically? Um, I've seen it at 92 on a thing, but you know, the life now of guns and seeing every single metric is so much different. Oh, yeah, I mean, there was plenty of places I played there that was never a gun, you know what I mean, yeah. and now it's like. Oh, yeah. they know how many times the ball spins, you yeah. know, I mean, it's, let it's alone, oh, yeah, that was it, yeah, some of the saber metrics of baseball and some of those you know the and that analysis it's uh, that's not part of the game I love, I'll, I'll I I don't it that either. way, no, yeah. I don't either, and I train kids, and I don't use it for the I'm a touch and feel guy because that's really what that's really what needs to be grasped in game, like. Nobody gives a shit if you know the spin rate. Like, you, you can't, I mean, what are you benefiting from that? You know what I mean? How are you learning from that? You strike on it and you're, oh, my swing plane was 15 degrees. You know, like, yeah, you're going to be a zoo. Yeah. I mean, analysis paralysis yes. city. That is, that's such a true statement. So the touch and feel is like, it's everything. Yeah. You know, the guy who makes adjustments first in baseball wins first and most. That's it, you know, and, and if that's why baseball players make a lot of other good things in life they work their tails off to succeed at three out of 10 clip and you learn are super how to resilient. handle failure yeah, yeah yeah and you just and you maintain a poker face through it even though you're getting beat down you know I mean it's but that's that's the baseball life that's a baseball For personality sure. so yeah the one thing that messed me up and this is the reason why I didn't play college ball 100% bar none so I played in the Ski Valley Conference which is basically Gaylord and the surrounding northern Michigan cities and Outside of playing a couple like Catholic school tournaments that we mm. went to, we play like some Mount Pleasant, Sacred Heart, T.C., Saint Francis, like teams like that. Yeah, um, we we didn't see like a ton of like outstanding competition. Um, so I batted just the five hundred, you know, all through high school, right. four years on varsity and stuff like that. Not not every year it was no, like, but those are video game stats exactly. Yeah. So it's not realistic. So I went to some prospect camps at, at CMU. Yeah. And uh, I saw an 85 mile per hour fastball for the first time, and I grounded out, and I thought I sucked at baseball. Sudden, yeah. It's like, no, dummy. You just yeah. haven't seen a good pitcher in your life. Like, yeah. you're going to have to learn how to adjust. You're going to have to adjust a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, and that's the battle learning how to adjust and being resilient and uphill. And and every level you move up, you got to understand that those guys, you know, every, everybody in Little League hit five, six, seven hundred. Yeah. But those all keep shrinking every time you go up, yeah. and obviously. Um, you just got to know how to handle that. And I see guys melt down. Like, the 13- to 15-year-old range, like, after they get out of Little League. Um, That's such I a mean, hard job. Oh, dude. Guys melt down. Because maybe they were the big kid who didn't work hard enough, and they're throwing yeah. fastballs from 45 feet that can tell the kid it's coming, and it's still just overpowering. Yeah. Or the little kid who's highly, highly skilled and works harder than everybody else, and then he grows, watch out, you know, Um, but yeah, that's the whole deal, and it's like that 13 to 15, 16 range, they go to the bigger field, they succeed far less, and then you get to see who puts the extra work in, it's not just the bigger kid wins, you know, you know, you see the Little League World Series, it's the bigger kids win, you know, it's there's not even base hits that happen in that crap anymore. Yeah. It's all dongs, oh, and, for sure. dongs and shutouts, and yeah. That's that's, So yeah, no. The one thing that did it for me though was when I was I was a senior, and we, my school was always historically good at football, and we had my senior year was the worst year of football that we've ever had. We went 0 and 8. We lost a lot of seniors, had some injuries, and uh, um, team kind of quit. It was one of those yeah. years. And um, one of our football coaches was a JV assistant, and he was watching one of our practice, and he saw me. Uh, he saw me dog a fly ball, just kind of jogged up to it, dropped in front of me, yeah. And he just looked at me, and he's like, "You know, if you don't, if you don't put any effort into this, you're going to get the exact same result." And that, like that, the, like what you said earlier, that brutal honesty that yeah. you know, sixteen, seventeen year old kids it need is. to hear. Uh, I got that for like the first time in my life and I was like, okay. And then we had a pretty good season, but that's just something, that's one of those little memories I have that's just always stuck with me. For sure. But, you know, baseball won't lie to you. That's what I love about it the most. You know, you can't hide from not working and you have to be willing to work far harder than anybody else to maybe win. You know what I mean? So you have to, it's not pay up front it's you bust your ass and then you hope at a percentage that's better than three out of 10, you win. And that's the fairness of it, you know, and the harder you work with it, the more you get out of it or the, or the better the shot to succeed at that point. But, um, yeah, baseball makes, uh, it makes liars out of people Oh, for sure. because they think they're working hard and then their results aren't what they expect. And it will humble the fool out of you. Yeah. Like no other sport. For sure. So moving on. So, you played some indie ball, and yeah. then you said you made it as high, high as AA in your career. Was yeah. that, like, mid or towards the end? Like, how? Did, like what was that journey like? Three-quarters of the way through. But, yeah, you basically, I mean, it's, it's low-level initially, and, you know, and it's it's through all of it, you know. And then I started choosing the international route, you know. Like, I went to Australia four times for winter ball. Um, went to Puerto Rico three times for winter ball. Um, was it like playing with Puerto Ricans? Awesome. Yeah. They're fun. They're, they're yeah, fun they're, super bro. Guys. So they're just <laughs> you know, they just operate different, you know, like their their joy mm-hmm. for the game is just so much higher. You know, they like they find a lot more fun out of it. They're really rhythmic and they're fun people. Like yeah. I would room with I would room with them and a bunch of Dominicans if I ever could, just because they're just always about it. Just always I mean just baseball all day and, and fun and rhythm and, and Serious, but always joking. Yeah. You know, like you can see that in the big leagues. You can see, you know, you watch uh, Lindor, you watch Baez, you know I mean? Watch Lindor play. Look how rhythmic he is, yeah. how talented he is, and how much he's smiling. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a big deal, man. It's, yeah. If you're not having fun out there, what are you doing? Yeah. I yeah. don't oh, no, okay. No, the one thing that I just I one guy, another guy too who I'm uh Tatis. Love that dude. He's a freak. He's unbelievable. Yeah, he's, he's gonna be a stud for the next ten years. It Easily. Yeah. I mean he's a little kid now still. And yeah. He's a full grown man and it's bizarre to me. Like I'm twenty seven and like most of the professional athletes on T V now are younger than me. It's it's absurd. He's a handful of years younger than you. Yes. He's like twenty one. Yeah, and he's I mean you just watch him he is such a good feel. Of the game, you know him, Acuna. Yeah, those guys just—they just grew up around the game. You know, they both had daddies that were professional baseball players, and I mean big leaguers. And so that's their life, you know. So it's not—you know—it's—it's it's not second nature. It's—it's it's all the way there, not and, sure. and you, it just pours out. Like when you see Tatis play, it's—he's just so much fun for me to watch, and I mean, I love it absolute cannon of an arm, runs as good as anybody in, in baseball or football even and yeah. for that, and he's 6'3", yeah. or whatever, he's 6'2", or, his yeah, bombs. I mean, he's just, and he's still wiry, you know, I mean, he has growing to do, which is scary, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, oh man, so you, uh, so playing, what was it like, uh, what was your day-to-day like when you were in? Like Australia, Puerto Rico. Uh, what was what was your? Did you guys play a game every day? Yeah, practices. What was In that winter like? ball, no, you don't play a game every day. But um, for the most part, but it would be four days a week for sure, um, and then a practice, one other one, and kind of either a day of travel or a, or a kind of a free day. Um, being a pitcher, you get a little bit more freedom there because. You play one or in four days anyway, yeah. so um, and they were pretty cool about it. You know, they only had a certain amount of um, imports on each team, so you had to be there and do that stuff. But you had your free time, you know, unlike affiliated or or independent baseball, where it's literally every day. I mean, we had stretches of twenty five days in a row with the game. It's like it's just Groundhog's Day. People, hey, went. I mean, you can't answer even what day it is. The only barometer for that is Sundays. Like it's show and go. It's an early game, so you know it's Sunday, and then you reset again. And okay. It's, you know, seven o five starts or whatever, and life is just yeah. Groundhog's Day, man. It's, so do 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 they um do they those teams overseas do they pull in fans or is oh, it yeah. Yeah. some places more than others um. Yeah, and yeah, internationally, dependent upon where they are, you know. I mean, there was places where I played in a independent league in Quebec, where you know there was close to ten thousand people at a game, you know, and there was. I don't know the French like baseball. Yeah, they don't. They like <laughs> hockey, but um, yeah, in certain in certain smaller places, and most of the teams there um, were in smaller cities, but so you got a lot of community feel, which is really cool. Um, got to meet a whole bunch of cool host families and then you get engaged in language and food mm-hmm. and I mean it's you get a full full serving of life instead of uh sleeping on the bus of a or sleeping on the floor of a bus, you know? Yeah. Driving so host train. families, you said that so they put you is this like young Americans type shit where you just go and stay with a family and some. You, yeah. You know, there it'd be it'd be different at different places. Um and then as I get further into my career um, most of the guys who had those teams, the owner of those teams had properties and stuff, and yeah. I got apartments and condos to stay in, which was really cool. Um, but on the other hand, being engaged with a family is really cool too, because then you have kind of a support system. that yeah, you're not, sure. you know, stuck in Quebec. You don't have know knowing idea. French and yeah. not knowing anybody and struggling at McDonald's to order fries, and you know what yeah. I mean, looking like a caveman. I don't those, you know, like, so it's cool, you get to engage a little more and, um, yeah, that was fun, I love, I love that, and I mean played there France, Belgium, Germany, Italy uh, Israel, so there's one year of professional baseball in Israel um, they had a draft and everything okay. and, yeah, it was cool, so I got to, you know, I got, I got picked for that, and um, it seems like an interesting network that you just don't hear about it, it, because it's, you it's, have to be well networked it, it's like i'm hearing these different leagues in puerto rico australia mm-hmm. like so, so, i'm a baseball i've never heard of this stuff right. before yeah. and so it's just so interesting that you know you like just, oh yeah i got drafted in the israeli baseball league. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And i mean it's like you know i'll, I'll send you our then we have baseball cards from there and stuff okay. and then yeah from there i uh i signed with lancaster and um you know, when pitching the Atlantic League after that. Lancaster, but. PA? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I think they call it, they say it Lancaster there. Yeah, they and do. They, they're very Amish. particular about that. Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> lot of cows out there. Yeah. <laughs> Amish, and um, it has, it, there's the largest um, auto auction in the world there, actually. No okay. Good. So everybody in the whole town works there. So, very interesting. But yeah. That's cool. So, um, what. So, what professional organizations have you played for? Like, what MLB organizations yeah. have you been part of? The Marlins, um, Nationals, Orioles. Okay, yeah. that's cool. What was your? Which one was your favorite? Like, what? Like, what was your favorite like team that you were a part of? Whether it be college or uh, like, what was like the best like team experience? You guys were just like, because I mean, yeah. the one thing about baseball is that. It's such a unique sport because if, if you had football with 11 guys that spoke different languages, like, yeah. you'd be screwed. But yeah. baseball, you could have you could have all nine guys on the field who could not yeah. communicate with you, you For sure. each other, and if you know, love, and understand the game, oh, it's, so cool, it's beautiful. Like, yeah, man. So I would say on that tip, it would be um, one of the teams I was on in Quebec, um, the Sherbrooke Expos, and uh, we won a ring that year.
1: Rings. Oh, I got cool. six
0: big shiny rings. And, nice. um, it was cool because our locker room had, it was like international smorgasbord. board. Um, we had Dominicans, we had Puerto Ricans, we had French guys, we had American guys. Um, so everything was just it was bizarre. But yeah. it was super cool because in the locker room there's three different languages going on. There's people talking to each other I remember talking to some guys in three languages in one sentence. Like, you know, it was crazy, man. Like using Spanish words and then French words in English, you know, because maybe the Dominican guys there have a decent grasp on the French, but maybe you didn't know the French, but they know some, it was, it was so, and we had a good team. Yeah. Good, good team. I mean, um, so that was fun. And, um, yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. And good chemistry, good owner. I played for him for a few years, and he treated me really good. Um, got to do some fun stuff up there. So, and it's a really cool place. So, two questions coming from that. What do you
1: think creates? So, this is
0: this is something I read a lot of books on this stuff, and define. And I'm I'm a big fan of like the John Maxwell's and anything that that revolves around like team building and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. What do you does the does the winning create good culture or does the good culture create winning? What does the horse come before the cart or right. the chicken before the aggregate color Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um at least in that one circumstance. For sure. Um Making you think. I like this. Uh yeah, sure. <laughs> I I mean I think the the culture. The co the but on a smaller level The right group of individuals who mesh well first, who are willing to take roles, um, willing to let people do what they do best, which is something you see all the time in professional sports. You're like, how does that team lose? You know what I mean? You look at the Cowboys offense, you go, how did they lose? I mean... How dynamic are they? Yeah, you know, no, I mean, sure. like, things like that, you know. It's, but, or the Browns. Yeah, Think yeah, about the Browns. That's a team full of poison, staffed, if you ask me. But, athlete, freak show, you know. Yeah. But, they can't well, win consistently because they can't match. Yeah. You know, well, I said, I said this on my NFL show, Odell Beckham Jr., Jr. I love the guy, but getting hurt was the best thing that ever happened to the Browns. It, every time he gets hurt, his quarterback always does better. That obviously reflects upon how he is, what he needs to have from everybody else, and he takes away the shine from other people. So really, it's individuals, how they mesh, how they culture up, and then you start winning, and that stuff just starts multiplying. It's a momentum cycle. It is. It absolutely is. And then um, once, and trust is huge, man. If you can trust the dude next to you, then you don't have to push, you know? I mean, you fielded ground balls behind me, and, you know, you fielded them,
1: so I can go, okay,
0: I can pack this guy here, and I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to force something, yeah. which forces other actions, which sure. you see, like, in the, in the grounds, you know, you see it constantly. It's just things are forced because it's just not meshing, and you can't trust the guy next to you, and you can't depend on them. And, I mean, that's, that's exactly what it is and in the work world, in the family world, you know. It's individuals, roles, meshing, winning, and then it all rolling downhill. For sure. Yeah, yeah no, and, it, and that makes perfect sense. The first thing that you said, I think, the, the people being willing to take on roles, whatever they may be, and yeah. then trusting those people to do those things. Yeah. You know, I've been part of some organizations in the past where it's just like, um, for in specific, and I won't name names, but specifically like workplace environment type stuff. Yeah. Where Everybody wants to uh everyone wants to be the head honcho and point and, and, and delegate. Nobody wants to do <laughs> yeah. yep. and so that you know some people want to be sitting like sit up on the pedestal of, oh, I have accomplished um, and you people who are under me are going to do X, Y, and Z. But those people aren't gonna do X, Y, and Z unless they see you yeah. doing A B C D or yep. whatever that may be. I got a perfect example for you. Okay, and it's going to apply to your life. So you got to meet me this year, right? Yep. The first three times I pitched, everybody played out of their minds. They didn't know what to expect from me because I was a forty-year-old dude going out to throw against guys at half my age, right? Yep. Everybody played out of their asses. Yep. And made plays and hit the ball and and then after that stop and then I remember coming to a game and go, Oh, Jay's here. We're going to win. Okay, that yep. just changed the mindset and yeah. then the last couple it was a struggle to win or we couldn't win because everyone just said oh well he's going to go nobody's going to bang him around yeah. and then we started playing shitty defense and, and then you started getting banged around. and then I started getting banged around you know yeah. so it, because then I was forcing Yeah, you know so yeah. that's it that was I'll tell you this and, and I, I don't want to talk too much about myself no but, but it applies to exactly my, what you're but saying but this is super applicable to life because I've never I've never seen anything because yeah. we were absolutely humming. Yeah. And we, like, I, I played a couple games on that team last year, and we weren't very good. Yeah. We, we sucked. Like, yeah. I, I showed up in street clothes, and for like, hey, can you catch? Like, we didn't catch. Like, that's right. how bad it was. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so, but, like, we we played a decent game to the Cubs. We had one bad inning the first game, and obviously they beat us, like, 12 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then the next game, we played the Mar- Marlins. You showed up, we spanked them. It, yeah. it wasn't even close. And um, we went on, and you weren't at every game, but we went on a tear after that. We didn't yeah. lose a game for like a, like two months. Yeah, you know, know, the enough. first five or six games that pitched, we killed people. Yeah, for sure. And then what happened was is that we played a team that we should have beat, and, and it was a, we, we beat them really bad, the, the Reds. Yeah. You know hit them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only, the only they, they swear a run, it was my dumbass error, that it was a walk <laughs> a stolen base and an E6 that got <laughs> that guy out. But no, you pitched no hitter against them, and then we like they we played a game. It was a night game on a Sunday. Uh, half the team showed up over and we lost right. to like nine two. it 2 was It wasn't even close. Like we, we never had a prayer the whole game. Yeah. And from there on, like they, that that whole momentum trust. cycle trust evaporated like, the other way. Yeah. And I've and I've kind of seen that happen in some like um, some things can decay, and some relationships can kind of go sideways a yeah. little bit here and there. I've never seen something. No, it was bizarre. Yeah, when trust evaporates, dude, it's a, it's an avalanche, yeah. it's a shit, you know, it's just, and then fingers start getting pointed, yeah. and this, and that, and this, then, sure. then what was great is for it, you know, I mean, yeah. that's, that's what it is, Yeah, I mean, you're a football guy, look at the Steelers, yeah. that's not the best team in, in football, but they were winning because they believed, and they're, they're not the most talented. Team. Yep. Then they lose, and then they lose three in a row, yep. and they should have got killed, but they just played the largest sh- choke artist on the planet, Philip Rivers, <laughs> and he coughed up a twenty-four point lead yeah. or whatever the hell. Yeah. But that's exactly the same. It's I mean, it, it applies in every sport. It applies in life. It's just it's it's constant. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you listen to any of my any of my shows that I've done on the NFL, I've done a bunch of them, and I do not like the Steelers at all. It's it's not so much that they're a bad football team because I think they're not; a, they're way better. Their their record is way better than that. They team. are not the team that their record no, says they, they are. are. Ben Roethlisberger's geriatric. They should put him in a home. And uh, <laughs> um, I, I don't like the the TikTok dancing duo they have, yeah. Playpool and Juju. I just I'm I'm yeah. not about the Steelers. Yeah. So. I was about them this week because I'm a Ravens guy. So, no, so well, I'm a, a Lamar guy. So, okay. I see <laughs> you. That's yeah. a good segue into what you're doing with the card stuff. Yeah, because um, we've been beat a dead horse with the baseball stuff. I the way, good, good switch. I've been talking NFL for like the last six months. I haven't talked about baseball at all. So this is yeah. a very good change of baseball. It's Easy. So, um, but you, you. So tell me a little bit about what got you into trading cards and kind of how yeah. about I mean, since a little kid, my dad owned stores, uh, in Chicago here as well. Um, probably from six to 16 or something like that. Okay. I mean, so, um, and then stayed in it myself and, um, yeah, and obviously cards have always been, always been there, always been a part. And, um, as life changes, when I played baseball, I didn't collect as much. I, I, I saved some Jordan stuff and, you know, that was just, the collector in me, and I didn't want to collect baseball cards against guys I was playing against, that was odd, you know what I mean, so, um, yeah, and, uh, so I love football cards, um, and do a lot, a lot of football cards, like, 100, 200,000 bucks a year in football cards, you know, so, yeah, (laughs) um, which blows some people's minds, but, it doesn't surprise me a bit, there's somebody out there doing it, I I had no idea it was you, but, I there's a surprised. lot of people. Yeah. I mean there's I mean basically I, I got Instagram just for it because, you know, ebay's a platform but eBay's using stuff going nuts and they get fifteen percent from nothing the and, and there are way better platforms today. Ebay's gonna be extinct in the next five years. Yeah, and so. They're they're just doing more and more to take it away from people. Yeah. So they're using other platforms and stuff. But so Instagram is huge for um the larger I don't know, sports cards. Basketball is huge on it. Mm -hmm. Um, The market in Asia for basketball cards is ridiculous. And then, you know, you've got football and and baseball. Baseball is a different market. Um, Football is like the supernova in markets because what drives the sports card market is hype. Mm -hmm. Okay, So hype and speculation. Where football differs from everywhere else, they play once a week. Oh, so there's time built up in which yeah. game to talk yeah, there's about. Hype. There's hype. Yeah. It's hype. Oh, they're gonna do this. He can do this, he can do this, he can do this, or he can't do this, or whatever. So one good game lasts at least one week. Yep. In baseball, you go hit four jacks and strike out four four times the next day. Yeah. That's forgotten real quick. Yes. Yeah. So football is a, you know, it's supernova. So it's like instant increase in value by, you know, Justice Hermosa yeah. I mean yeah I love him yeah um huge Oregon fan and I was buying his cards uh before Tyrod got stabbed by their doctor and um, that was smart, Good yeah yeah Good it was yeah, it worked what, out before Tyrod got impaled yeah what uh what would a, a Justin Herbert rookie run for it depends on what it was but I mean like for the top of the market um I was in at 200 bucks a card and um Last week, I had one that ended for thirteen grand. Wow. So, um, <laughs> Not bad. Yeah, Not no. Bad. So, I mean, and, and there was a box full. So, it was a good play. It was a guy that I liked. A guy that I, you know, in college, he's six foot eight. He was an ex-baseball player. He's got an absolute cannon, and he runs well. And he's and he's put on a team that's full of athletes. Yeah, I'll take you. Oh, for sure. You know, yeah. while I think Burrow was a better co- a college quarterback, he's going to a team that's far, far, far less superior. Awful. Yeah. You know what the over-under on the Browns coming in, or the Bengals coming in be, season was for Wentz? Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's four and a half. Okay. And I hammered the under. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. pretty good right now. <laughs> and I feel bad for him getting hurt, because I think he, he was playing well there. He was, with No weapons. He was, and absolutely. I think he good. should deserve considerations for rookie of the year just because he did more with less. I agree. Yeah. But... He also had time to prep at being the starting quarterback. Sure. When Herbert got thrown in for being the starting quarterback, he hadn't even taken practice right yet. Yeah, he found out the None. day of that he yeah. was going in the game, and he did great yeah. against the Chiefs, by the way. Right. Which I, I was pissed about that because I had money on the Chiefs minus eight or something like that, and the Chiefs won, but they didn't cover. No. Justin Herbert screwed up. Yeah, well I mean, back. and then, you know, I had initially, and then as he started to start, I started buying more in, People are like he can't win. I was like, get out of here, you know. He's played Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. He's not supposed to beat those guys, no. And all of the games were down to the last yeah. couple of downs, sure. you know. So he's, he, he's playing in a pretty good division right now. Yeah, um, but I think that just the to me they're the best team on the West Coast. I think that the I think the Rams are. Incredibly overhyped. Yeah, and I'm not a Rams fan. the C- The Seahawks are great. They, they they have Russell Wilson runs the runs mm. the ship. They got mm. DK Metcalf as a beast, but I don't know. I think long term, I think the Chargers are set up better than any West Coast team. Now, I'm just I'm getting into my NFL stuff. I show yeah. Stuff. So, um, so you're so so you got you started flipping cards, now, yeah. You? Oh yeah, and it's my done since a little kid. You know, I mean, I. I bought one of my first cars with that yeah and, you know i mean yeah it's it's been cards forever and um, always done it my dad does he still does it um i do it and i got my boss into it at work so sounds good yeah yeah you can find jason uh at baseball.mafia on instagram yeah. um, pretty cool uh, web presence that you built. i'm definitely gonna pick your brain from tips off of yeah about it's definitely that. odd there's a, a whole plethora of different things, Pokemon cards with me and my daughter, which have gone absolutely yeah. insane. My kid knows more about Pokemon than I do, so yeah. I, might, I might need to jump on that ship yeah. at some point. <laughs> I never got into that as a kid. I mean, we literally hunt Pokemon cards all around West Michigan at, at stores. I mean, it's a joke, but <laughs> <I> mean, it's <laughs> it's a good thing for you guys to do together. Yeah, it's fun, know? and she she's a she's a beast with it. So, it's fun. Yeah, it's cool. Joe, do you have anything? No, I'm totally out of my element here with the, with the sports stuff. <laughs> I, I feel kind of bad this isn't your, your forte cup of tea. Actually, you know what? So, I'm a Grand Rapids native. Okay. Born and raised, uh, and one of my favorite things about Grand Rapids is the Whitecaps. Yeah. Summer, go to White Whitecaps game. What is your, like, I guess what is your take on, on Whitecaps in that level at yeah. baseball? So, it's a lower level, but i tell you what, the Whitecaps, like they do it right. Like that, their in-game entertainment is very good. Bob Wells is awesome. I've met him. Yeah. He's great guy. He's, yeah, he's he's awesome as a person too. their stadium, it's fantastic. Love it. I mean, everything about it, it's, that's as good as minor league baseball gets. Not competition-wise, mm-hmm. but package-wise. Like, family night type of thing, it's awesome. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's as good as it gets, really, if you ask I me. Mean, like, a nice crowd all the time. It's not mm-hmm. empty, but it's not full. You know, um, cool food, cool things, good souvenir shop, fireworks. This that you know mm-hmm. proximity to everything else. If you want to do something after or before, so it's a good package. So it's like the fans' baseball. It is, I think so. Yeah, I mean, and even from like the casual fans' perspective, somebody who's not really even a baseball fan could go and have a good time. Yeah, yeah for I mean, sure. I'm the kind of person. If you you say hey i have a ticket to a professional game doesn't matter if it's football like yep. i will go and watch live it's always sure. great but i think Whitecaps white is hard to beat it is because it's proximity to the game mm-hmm. like you know it's not 70 rows back yeah it's exactly 15 your chances of catching a foul ball are much higher your chances of talking to somebody is far far greater any of those minor leaguers would sign anything and talk to you, and you know. So the experience is way more value packed than being one of thirty thousand at a big league park, paying seventeen bucks for a hot dog and forty five bucks for a beer. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Cool. So yeah, I mean it, it's a value packed thing, and they do it right. There's places that are you know comparable, but they 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 involve the whole community. Like I mean, there's like two, three, four different things. I mean every Couple mm. of innings, you know. So yeah. It's good. It's a. It's we're spoiled with that if that's the minor league baseball you've seen, so, even though it's a low yeah. A level. Mm. Uh, t- Tigers just bumped him up. They uh, they're now. I, I guess uh, you know more about it than I do. but yeah. what, what level did they just bump up to? I think it's uh, like single A now or something. Yeah, high A. Base. High A. Okay. okay. So yeah, and at, actually uh, the guy that was a the manager there for a few years was uh, a teammate mm. and. Uh, um, a foe of mine in Australia, so Andrew Graham, he's cool Australian guy. But they moved him up, and uh, so yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. That's sweet. Do you know any guys uh, playing in the league today? Yes, a few. Okay. Yeah, but obviously I'm getting older, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, there's who's, a few. Who's somebody that's, is, is there anybody like starting the majors right now that you played with, like yeah. going up through the system? You want to name drop a little bit? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were, earlier we were talking about, um, you know, East Texas while well, Dallas and East of there. And so when I played in Shreveport, uh, I got to pitch against Max Scherzer and I actually oh, beat him. So no kidding. Um, it was, so <laughs> I, when I was watching him in the world series, it was killing me. Um, and I don't know if she remembers me saying it, but I was like that guy right there. I said, I beat him in a game before, you know? And, um, the thing about it is kind of funny, but not funny at the same time. So there was, it was an independent baseball went to independent before. So, um, it was tons of scouts, like 60, like, and when we played them, it was a midday game. So it was like pretty empty. Um, so imagine Whitecaps Park with, you know, uh, 500 people. At it or something, oh yeah. And 60 of them are guys with guns. Wow. So anyways, he's in there and he's buzzing 97, ninety eights, and stuff. And they're all gunning them and I go out and, and obviously that helps me, you know, pitch a little better. And as I go out, guns go down drinks come up Ooh, ah. so, <laughs> i'm like okay so that was a little that was a little um that was a little you know fuel for my fire and i said uh-huh. okay so ended up beating them and um which was cool but not cool at the same time because yeah. it, it's nowhere on any record or anything cool but um it was like that it's it until about to grandkids inning. though, cuz he's going to be he's going to be a home yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it took till about the fifth inning till I started to see some guns come up because I didn't give up anything, like mm-hmm. anything in my defense played super good that day, so I got the credit for that. You sure. know? Mm-hmm. So then, you know, a couple of the sixty guns popped up. Maybe they were refilling their batteries. <laughs> <something like> <laughs> so yeah, it was cool. But it was, you know, it's like really going through all of that. It's that close, you know. It's mm-hmm. like. I shared a locker with Josh Beckett and uh, he gave me cleats and I tried on Cabrera's pants and, you know, like, it, it's that close, that's but yet thing. that far away, Yeah, you know, it's like, I'm a nobody in that aspect. I mean, those are all mm-hmm. famous. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it's like, but it's yeah. no different than... Well, you get closer, you got closer than 98% of anybody in the baseball world would. Yeah. So that's, that's just such a cool experience. It is fun, you know, so. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you see yourself coaching? Like 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 maybe I coached one year at Holland Christian and what'd you think of it? Um, it was cool. Uh, Coaching at Holland Christian is a little different. Some politics can go on. Oh (laughs) boy, you lose the joy of just the game and things turn different. But um, you know, some of the guys that I coached are guys on my softball team now and like really good friends. I mean, my daughters love a couple of the guys. I mean, you know, they come over and they hang out and you know I trained them and so it's really cool. So. Um, a couple of them will be well. One of them is a professional baseball player, and one is on his way. So they were my freshmen on the varsity team, and that's really cool. Two pitchers. One kid's a Dodger right now, and the other kid's um, still playing D one, but he's a hundred mile per hour thrower. Okay, resident, so I um, and he was a catcher actually there. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. What did you, what did you think of Coop? throwing uh, a the good, man. He's anyway. Actually, yeah, like. So I played in that league before, and when i come home, Freud would always ask me to play, and yeah. um, I had guys where they, like, couldn't catch my fastball. you yeah. know? It's like, okay, this is not fun for me because yeah. this is bad. He was, like, good. Like, He's it surprised a... me, and that's why I came more often, because it's like, oh, I can throw a curveball at this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like other guys are like, well, I better hit him in the middle of his chest because yeah, it's not sure. going to glove it, you know? Yeah. So um, that was cool. I liked him. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's a good kid. I train with him now, so he's uh, he's, he's just a gifted athlete. You guys like to come out? You know, we got the cages, we got to hit tracks, and we got tunnels and mounds and yeah for sure i'll definitely take you up yeah. on that because i'm right now i'm training i work out once or twice a week at diamonds it's 10 minutes from yeah. here and i've got a connection that can get me in at like zero 06 because that's when i need to get my stuff done yeah this first thing in the morning but yeah, yeah i'll come out to holland and uh, see sure. what you got going no, on it'll be guy be fun. my guys are about ready to start going live so you can get some babies and stuff. oh exactly. i, I, I could go for some either yeah, yeah i'll take you i've we'll, got some we'll, youngsters yeah. that throw pretty good i got Two of my best baseball players there are sophomores now and real deal, real okay. real deal kids. So, yeah. check, it check it out. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Jason Benson. Go check him out at Instagram, uh, Baseball Mafia. Uh, he is the Baseball Mafia, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and uh, thanks for tuning in this week. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. We greatly appreciate that. Um, that's so it for us. Have a great night. Thanks for thanks. tuning in.